What's up, RUF at Howard family? Welcome to Glory and Joy, where we give the Bible's answers to your burning questions so that your life can be filled to the brim with God's glory and joy. So y'all, for season two, we're switching things up a little bit. I'm excited to announce that we're kind of switching to a more conversational format. And my friend and co-pastor on this podcast for season two will be none other than Pastor Russ Woodfield. Y'all know him from Grace Mosaic. Uh, Pastor Russ, how you doing today? What's up, fam? It's good to be included in this uh, glory and joy second season to put in some work together. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, sir. So I'm looking forward to having fun, but also giving the people's good content. And so hopefully we can mix both of those and we can keep it concise and applicable for you. So, all right, Pastor Russ, you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's, let's dive it. in. So y'all, so usually we will take your questions, but for today, we're going to start off the season with our own question. So we're going to start off with this question. Why is it important to understand the Christian faith in college? What has been your own journey in understanding the Christian faith, especially while in college? Mm. All right. You got that, Pastor That's Russ? a good one. You want you want to jump in? All right. Yeah, bro. Like, I, I could jump in, man. So I know for me, just starting off on my own college journey, I know for me, it was like super crucial for me to understand the Christian faith on like an intellectual level. Mm. I know that, uh, you know, as, as a teenager and as a kid, when you're in church, you hear preaching, mm. you're just listening to Christian conversation. You're not really thinking on the level of like, how do I connect the dots? It's mm. all these different things I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And I know for me in college it was like the first time where I was like, you know what? Like, let me dive deep and start mm. connecting the dots and yes. understanding the different aspects of the Christian faith Mm. and why I believe what I believe. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yo, so I was, I'm a preacher's kid. My pops is a pastor. I grew up in the church. Mm -hmm. I'm a son of the black church, but like I was kind of doing the double life thing. And then I went off to college in New York city and it was like, I was wilding out, (laughs) boy. I was wild. But then I came to faith in college, Mm -hmm. but like me and my friends, we were all heat and no light. Mm. We had passion galore. We were fired up for the Lord. We wanted to be about that life, but we just didn't have anyone to guide us. And so being in the context of New York City, you're surrounded by diversity. And inevitably you run into people who like completely reject what you believe. And so that prompted me to want to know more, uh, to be able to like speak to my faith or like, you know, have a legitimate reason for why I believed what I believed. Mm-hmm. And I came together with like feeling a call to pastoral ministry. Cause at the time in my mind, serious Christians went into ministry. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I didn't have a conception that like you could be a serious, robust Christian and be a business person or yeah. be an attorney. Like that just didn't occur to me. So I ended up, you know, going to seminary but like i was hungry to know Mm -hmm. yeah so that's good man yeah Yeah. man and i feel like i hear a lot of people having that journey or even starting that journey in college like Mm. i know for me i remember um for me it lined up with wanting to pursue ministry as well Mm. so i remember um getting involved with a local church in college Uh and uh, getting involved in campus ministry in college and just remember feeling this desire to pursue pastoral ministry. Mm. And so kind of got more deeply plugged into the local church. Mm. And I quickly found out that like, I didn't know as much as I knew or, <laughs> or maybe even like, yeah, I didn't, I definitely didn't know as much as I thought I knew mm. and I didn't know how it all connected. So I remember a mentor of mine told me like, 
he basically recommended a systematic theology to me. Mm. And basically, you know, for, for y'all who don't know what a systematic theology is, I imagine, you know, it's a lot of y'all because, you know, it's the weird seminary world where we're all into systematic right, theology. Right, Real heavy. Bible nerd stuff. Yes. Uh, but like, it's basically a book that connects the dots to the Christian faith. It basically mm. says like, here's a topic and what does the whole Bible have to say about this topic? That's right. And remember, I was like digging in and I mm. had a study Bible. I bought the ESV study Bible and I was like digging in. Mm. And I feel like that was like a period of renewal because mm. I was like, yo, I'm starting to like understand the why behind what I believe and what I do. Mm. And uh, I feel like a lot of college students like just on campus um, are, are, are like asking the same question. I think especially Generation Z, they're like, mm. yo, why do we do what we do and why do we believe what we believe? Like there's yes. this, there's not this like instinct just to trust <clears throat> tradition blindly you know what mm-hmm. i mean they want to understand yeah and that's really important I, that's some people take that as a threat mm, that's actually yep. a sign of very healthy faith yeah like good. shake the cage like understand why like paul says if jesus didn't rise from the dead we of all people are, are to be most pitied because we're banking our whole life on a lie mm. but if he lives Come on. <laughs> if he lives. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, if he lives, then everything is different. And mm-hmm. that's where life begins to come together. And that's where you, you begin to have a new grounding for why you do what you do. And you have principles and you have frameworks to kind of give you guidance as to what are good decisions, what are bad decisions, how do you relate to people. Mm, that's key. Principles and frameworks. Yes. Sorry, go ahead. I, w- I want to come back to that. That's Keep it. Going. We're going to come back to principles and framework. We need to have a little notebook, right? Look, look uh, no, that's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm going to grab my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to grab my notes and write down yep. principles and uh-huh. frameworks. I want to come back to that. But yes. go ahead, man. I, I mean to cut you off. I just want to say I want to come back to that. No, nah, but but here's the here's what's important about understanding your faith in college is that... Um, the longer you spend trying to, um, uh, let me put it this way, there are major kind of life decisions that happen in the college stage. What you're going to do for work, you know, how are you going to relate to, you know, um, people you date. Um, there are all kinds of major questions that will impact your future. And it happens during college. So it's really important during college to have a sound grasp of your faith. You don't have to be an expert, but to have a sound grasp of the the key essential principles and frameworks of the Christian faith, which in our pastoral world is called orthodoxy, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) And so if you have those in place, it's going to protect you in terms of how you negotiate relationships. Mm. It's going to shape the way you think about making choices in terms of your work. I mean, imagine devoting your life to something only to discover later down the road that you spent 10 years of your life on something that you really wish you hadn't. Mm, (laughs) So there's, I mean, there's, countless reasons why it's important to understand your faith early on, but like, you know, taking responsibility for your own faith and not relying upon what your parents believed or, you know, just because you grew up in the church doesn't necessarily mean you have taken your faith seriously. Yeah. You know, like just because you're standing in a garage doesn't mean you're a car. Mm -hmm. And just because you're in church doesn't mean you are a Christian who has taken it seriously. And so like, there's an urgency because the Bible says life is a vapor. Mm. And you're in 18, 19, 20, you feel bulletproof. Like, yeah, man, I got lots of time. And the longer I pastor and the more I encounter like tragedy and sad situations in life, I'm like, nah, the Bible says, you know, don't be presumptuous about your life. Yeah. And 
a lot of the work you put in to understand your faith when you're young is a safeguard for when you get older. Mm, yep. So imagine so building that foundation now. Yes. Imagine this scenario. You don't know it, but when you turn 35, you're going to discover that you have a cancer diagnosis. If you started when you were 18, taking your faith seriously, understanding suffering, understanding lament, understanding God's purposes in our trials and all of the things that give you a sound understanding of of life and in a, a healthy interpretation of life, when you come to that trial, when you get that cancer diagnosis, you are ready to weather it. Yeah. But if you spend your life messing around in your 20s, just kind of, you know, doing your thing, when you get that cancer diagnosis, it's going to wreck you utterly and you're going to be like a you're going to be rudderless, you're going to be aimless and that puts you in a dangerous situation where you could cash in your faith altogether. Yeah, man, I think that's really important because, you know, so is I'm seeing more and more people walking away from the faith, mm. I don't think it's because there was like some new thing they found out or um, some like uh, thing that was totally uh, not in place. I think it was like, like you're saying, like they didn't invest the time mm. to understand the Christian faith mm -hmm. over the long haul, like make themselves learners. Yes. And so like, it's almost like they fell away from something they didn't even understand in the first place. Yes. Or um, they say the greatest defense is a good offense Yes. or vice versa. You know, people say mm -hmm. the same thing. Greatest offense is a good defense, but saying like it's counterintuitive that the way that you defend your faith, that you protect yourself and secure yourself for future moments of tragedy, for future moments where you have a crisis of faith is mm -hmm. actually to be investing in your understanding of the faith now. Yes. And so more and more I'm like, you know, so apologetics is the craft of defending the faith. And, you know, we have these fancy arguments for apologetics mm -hmm. and like, oh, this philosophical like tweak here and this like book here. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, I think the best apologetic is actually teaching the faith mm -hmm. and like making sure people are are deep in that. Yes. And gives people a framework, like you said earlier, principles and frameworks for mm -hmm. like understanding tragedy, understanding a changing culture, mm -hmm. understanding like ethics, understanding politics, understanding all these things that we kind of just like feel out, but like yes. to actually be intentional, mm -hmm. to be able to have a framework to understand them, yes, to be confident in that you're following the Lord and living before the Lord's face mm. uh, in glory and joy, like yes. is a powerful thing. Yeah. Um. So like, man, like, all right. I got so, one thing to, sh okay, to shoot ahead. in there real quick, and it's really important in what you said. Uh, I think a lot of young people think of faith as a part of their life. They think of God as a part of their life, mm. and then they have the other parts of their life that have nothing to do with that. But actually... The, the fact of the matter is God doesn't want to be a part of your life. Come on. He wants to be your life. Come on. Everything is touched by God. That's what really leads to flourishing. God wants you to flourish in your friendships, in your vocation, in your relationships with your family, in your relationships with your neighbors. He wants holistic flourishing for you. He's not just interested in this part of you called your spiritual life, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. we don't separate the spiritual and material. It's all God's. Mm -hmm. The created stuff, he made it. And you know what Genesis says? He said it was good when he made it, yes, right? Sir. And so that that creates a whole world, a big picture um, understanding for the way faith works in the Christian life. Mm. And I think that's important. That's good. That's know? good. Even when you mentioned the term flourishing, like our show, we call that glory and joy, mm. like to glorify God in every area of your life. That's right. And to enjoy him, embrace joy in every area of your life. Mm. Man, that's good. Yes. Man, all right, so you ready to jump in? So like, let's jump into like the Bible's answer, maybe some Bible um, quotes or verses that we mm. can pull in. Um, so the first one I'm thinking, when I think about like actually understanding the faith, 
Um, I think about this. It says in Hebrews chapter six, verses one through three. So let us stop going over the basic teachings mm. about Christ again and again. Hmm. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. Mm. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Mm. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. Mm. So I love this because the Apostle Paul is talking to them, and he's basically saying, yo, like, there, there's a lack of understanding here about what we are teaching to you guys. He's mm. like, look, we've already laid down a foundation about these important things that are just foundational, like mm. repentance and faith mm. and the resurrection of the dead and baptism and yeah. uh, laying on of hands. And he's like, man, let's press forward in our understanding. Let's advance onto bigger things. And mm. in previous verses, um, he attributes this to their spiritual dullness. Mm. So he says this in the previous verses, verse 11 through 12, he says, there's much more we would like to say about this, but <laughs> it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Mm. You've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, mm. you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. Mm. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. My, my, my. And so, yeah, it's Ooh. just like, I know. He hit him with Chill that. Out. Bow. He Chill hit him out, with author. <laughs> Chill out, author of the Hebrews. <laughs> Boy, you hit him. You're coming for me. Yeah. But now it's just like he takes understanding the faith seriously mm. because he realizes that for this, his particular audience, mm. um, them staying in the faith mm. and running towards Jesus, walking with Jesus depends upon their advancing in the understanding of the faith. So, mm. yeah. Listen, there are so many passages that come to mind for me. I, I like, I would encourage you go read Ephesians four. Mm. That's like, that has a lot to do with growing up. You can go read Colossians one, where Paul talks about the goal of his ministry is that everyone would be presented mature in yep, Christ. Yep. Right. But I think this one is really relevant if you're a college student and it's Philippians three. Mm. And in this passage, Paul talks about how he had a banging career, mm -hmm. right? Like he was on a trajectory where he was becoming known in his circles as like a star. Uh, he was a he was a, a great teacher. He was respected. He had um, he had it going on. And think about that. You imagine yourself getting out of college. And mm. you get a job and everything is going great and it's amazing and people are singing your praises, you're advancing, you're making more yeah. money every year. But this is what Paul says. He says everything was everything was rocking. Everything was everything was off the chain. And then he says this. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness on my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection there it is and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death that by any means possible i may attain the resurrection of the dead so what paul says is i had this amazing career trajectory that i was on but then i realized that i was doing all that at the expense of a relationship with jesus mm, and yeah. so 
his reorientation leads to him saying, Jesus is central in everything, and knowing him is everything. That's worth more than any career advancement or any accolades I can get out there or any major salary bump that I mm, could get. Yep. And so he's, he's really appealing by way of his own personal testimony for us to take Jesus seriously and to be shaped by who he is and what he has done for us in the gospel. Man, that's good. Yeah, yeah that's real good. Yeah, and I think it's really important. So even as we talk about like the Bible's answer to this, you know, you mentioned like following Jesus, like taking hold of Jesus. You know, how do we actually do that in 2022? I almost said 2021. Almost said 2021. <laughs> what? We, we out of that year. <laughs> in 2022, because like Jesus is not like physically mm. present, like walking on the earth in the same way. Like how do we actually follow him, take hold of him, learn from him? Mm. And Jesus trained up apostles. Yep. To leave behind the scriptures, mm-hmm. aka the Bible, yes, in order to train us, mm-hmm. in order to uh, teach us, instruct us mm-hmm. with, with, with the teachings that the disciples themselves had when they were with him. And so, yes, I think related to a lot of what we've been talking about is the importance of college students, like right now, not just saying, like, I'm going to join a local church, or I'm going to mm-hmm. join like a campus ministry, or I'm going to join a Bible study later on mm-hmm. when I graduate or when I have kids. It's like mm-hmm. right now is the time to be like finding as many ways as possible to get into the word, yeah. which is one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast. We want to mm. see people embrace a life of glory and joy. Mm. So we want to give the Bible's answers. And so, yeah. and I think students like intuitively know this, uh-huh. like after a while, like I just have a couple quick stories. Mm. I remember there's this, uh, in our ministry several years ago, there was a non-Christian guy and he would oftentimes come to our ministry and we did an interview with him in front of like the, um, the, the large group Bible study. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I was doing an interview with him, doing a student interview. Are you of Howard students? Y'all know what a student interview is, but basically asked him uh, questions. And then I opened it up to the crowd. And one of the people said, hey, you know, so you said you're not a Christian. Mm-hmm. Why do you keep coming around? Mm. And he said, you know, I grew up in a church setting where on Sunday mornings, the the, the message was mostly about motivation and mm. like getting over. Hmm. Uh, but... On at, at RUF or in, in things like a midweek Bible study, I come and I actually like learn and understand mm. uh, the Christian faith. And so That's I just good. like, man, this non Christian comes because mm. he wants to like understand and know the Bible. That's awesome. Um, even though he didn't know everything, all, all the all the dots weren't connected about what the Bible was, and there's parts mm. of the Bible he didn't believe. It was like he knew that there's something unique about the Bible and mm. understanding who Jesus was in the Christian faith. And I'll tell mm. one more story. Yeah, there's a student I was sitting across from. And uh, I can't remember, this is an old conversation several years ago, but I remember basically got, it got to the topic of why he wasn't a Christian. Hmm. And he said, I wasn't a Christian because growing up, I grew up in church and I asked my mom, why should we read the Bible? And he said, his mom didn't give him an answer. His mom just said, look, you shouldn't even ask questions like that. Hmm. And he said, you know what? If someone can explain to me why I need to read the Bible, hmm. I will become, or I don't even know if he said become a Christian again, but like, maybe he did say like, I'll mm. like become a Christian or I'll go, go to Bible study. Wow. And like, we just talk and I was like, well, this is why you read the Bible. Mm. And you know, it was just like, oh, like it things came together. clicked, like basically because like he needed the dots connected mm. about the scriptures. Yes. Cause I was like, you know, so I guess I'm saying like, I think once we get into the Bible and like students realize the importance of the Bible mm. and I think they intuitively already do, but once we start illuminating it to them, I think some powerful things are going to happen in the lives of students. There's no doubt about that. And and it's like, you know, that idea of reading reading the Bible, it's like it can it, like to hear that, you could hear it as like all right, I guess I got to read the Bible. It's almost like making a New Year's resolution that 
you know you ain't right. gonna want to do in about three <laughs> right. months. It's I'm gonna like, read the Bible this year, <laughs> all of it cover to cover. You like you hit Genesis, you like yeah, boy. You hit Exodus, you like that's what's up. Then you hit Leviticus, and it's thus ended the reading of the scriptures. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, nah, but it's like okay, think about reading the Bible like this. What if I told you there was this amazing love letter that was written specifically to you, mm-hmm. and it was it was meant to tell you of all the amazing resources that are available to you if you just knew that they were there and you are invited to see the story of the world, to make sense of your life, to make sense of your purpose, your emotions, your struggles, the brokenness in the world. Like how often do we see in the Psalms, the psalmist saying, how long, O Lord? Like he looks out at the world and it's disappointing and lamentable, right? Like we look out, we could look back at 2021 and see all the... grievous things that happened, particularly in the black community, the things that that we suffered. And that question is like, yo, what's going on here to know that there are helpful answers that will orient you in the world. And they're found in God's word, the story of his redeeming love, but also hope. Mm, That's good. You know, like all of the things that we need to flourish as people are found in God's word. You know, it's like that old commercial uh, for that spaghetti sauce ragu, you remember that? Mm, uh, no, I don't. But all right, all right, all right yeah, check it. I'm, I'm familiar with head, it. So you know, there was this old commercial. There's a little boy sitting at the the. He's he's kind of bellied up to the the countertop in the kitchen while his mom's cooking, mm-hmm. and she's stirring this sauce. And he says, "Mom, where are the delicious tomatoes for the sauce?" And she looks at him. She goes. It's in there. And she he goes, "But what about the delicious green peppers and the mushrooms?" And she, she's like, "It's in there." He's like. Well, what about that? He keeps asking about ingredients and she says, it's in there. And then the tagline of Ragu is, it's in there. Mm. So a college student says, like, where am I supposed to find hope in my trials? You know, you turn to the scriptures and you say, it's in there. Yep, <laughs> like, there where go. are you supposed to find guidance for how to live or wisdom for how to flourish? You look at the Bible and say, it's in there. Like, God is telling us everything you need for life and godliness and flourishing and joy and hope and peace in your life is in there. There we go. Yes, That's sir. That's, That's the good. Answer. That's good. That's, <laughs> That's good. I, I like that. It, right? I like that. Yeah. Man, okay. Well, I'm, I'm looking at our time. And uh, y'all, we, we want this to be short for y'all. So y'all can, you know, like I said, listen to this while you're on your way to class. We we, we, we want there to be a two in front of the time stamp, not yeah, a three or four. Right. So, all right, let's let, let's move on to the confessional insight. Man, Pastor Russ and I could talk about this stuff all day. We having mm-hmm. fun right now. Um, all right, y'all. So this is a catechism. So a catechism is basically a teaching tool to help mm-hmm. people understand the basics of the Christian faith. Yeah. This is called the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically an old school catechism in the English language that is supposed to instruct new believers to the Christian faith. So these are the first two questions. What is the chief end of man? Basically, what's the highest purpose of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Hmm. Question two, what rule hath God given to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy him? Hmm. Answer is the word of God, which is contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments, is the only rule to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy him. Mm. So right there, y'all see where we get the title of the podcast from, Glory and Joy. Like, Mm. we are meant to glorify God, meaning live in a way that brings him honor and splendor and radiance to reflect his glory to others Mm. and to enjoy him. Uh, And the way we learn how to do this Hmm. is the word of God. Mm. All right, so lastly, uh, every episode we want to give y'all some practical advice uh, Pastor Russ, what's some practical advice for Howard students on how they can implement what we've been talking about? Man, 
Here's what I would say. I think before you can, like before you start building a structure or before you set out to like do something great, it's often the case that you do a sort of audit. You got to sit, you got to, you know, count the cost is the way that Jesus puts it. But an audit could be, you know, you could consist of like just asking yourself questions. So how do I spend my time? Where do I focus my attention? What gets me excited in the day? Because Mm -hmm. that tells the tale of your heart's loves. And the first thing you have to do is get honest about where you really are. And without shame or fear or any sense of guilt, to just honestly acknowledge, like the beauty of the Christian faith is there's room for screw ups and failures and, you know, knuckleheads. Like if there weren't, you and I wouldn't be in it. Right. I was about to say that. We wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs> right. I wouldn't be presuming to teach anybody the Lord anything. took us out a long time That's ago. right. He'd have taken us out. So there's room. So to start and, and be honest, because here's the thing, your maturity in the faith or your, your, your faith situation is not measured by your good intentions. It's measured by your practices, your habits on a daily basis in the ordinary stuff of life and in how you spend your time and where your your heart's desires and longings and loves are. So I think take an audit. Where mm. are you? And if you're bold enough, invite a, a friend who knows you and cares about you to give you their honest thoughts about where you are. Mm, that's good. That's yeah. good. Man, mine is... Um Listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And secondly, get a study Bible. I know for Mm -hmm. me, like getting a study Bible Mm -hmm. was really helpful because I know reading the Bible is intimidating. Mm -hmm. So you're sitting down to read it and like you need a little help to connect the dots. Like this podcast can be that. Your pastor can help that Mm -hmm. with that. But um, like actually having a study Bible, which is kind of like a Bible with some commentary at the bottom Mm -hmm. that helps explain the verses and kind of helps connect it to other pieces of the Bible. I think it's really powerful. That's great advice. Because- I mean, I think about these Howard students. I'm like, did any of y'all expect to come by a knowledge of black history without actually putting in the work to read mm, yep. and to like get around teachers who, who are experts like Dr. Carr, you know, like mm-hmm. you get around people who know Africana, you know, like that's how you did it. You made plans to actually grow in your understanding of the, of our, of our story and yep, of our tradition. Yep. And it's the same thing with faith. Yep. That's good. That's good. Yeah, bro. All right, y'all. All right, family. Thank you for joining us. This yeah. is our kickoff episode. We are going to be accepting questions from you guys. So uh, please be on the lookout for me to ask y'all, hey, what, what do y'all want us to talk about? What, what, what kind of things do you want us to address? Mm. And y'all, please take two seconds to subscribe to us. Please give us a rating and a review. Tell us what you like. Tell us how we can level up on this podcast. Yeah. We'll see y'all next week. Much love. Much love.